Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll put it all together for you. So let's get started. So everyone, we're in Jeremiah today. We'll be taking up in verse... Um, four, and going all the way through verse 19 um, to complete chapter 1. Again, as we said yesterday, Jeremiah was a lonely man. There really were no contemporary prophets around him. Isaiah had already passed away, and all the other prophets, the, the, all the other minor prophets had gone away, and and the the there really weren't any other prophets that were alive for him. He was a lo- he was a lone uh, voice. He had no converts. No one listened to him. He was a case study in in failure from a human perspective. But from but really success in God's word is only successful from God's perspective. What an amazing lesson for us today in perseverance in trusting God. And in looking at things with um, eyes that are looking um, for what is not seen rather than what is plainly seen. He was a man of tears. He was a real sensitive man. God picked a man who was very sensitive to carry this message to his people. And it was because... God wanted to convey that sensitivity to the people just before they were about to be conquered by the Babylonians. He delivered this, he, he um, called this sensitive man to deliver such an, a powerful uh, message. This message was such a, was a warning to them that the Babylonians were getting ready to come in and destroy the city of Jerusalem. God is calling Jeremiah as a young man about 20 years old. And this is the time when Josiah was king. Uh, Josiah was called to be king um, at eight years old. And so he was called in the 13th year of Josiah. So Josiah would have been about 21 years old. And Jeremiah would have been about 20 years old during this time. So both of these men were 
about the same age. So we'll take up in verse 4. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Now, first of all, this whole thing starts out the word of the Lord. When Jeremiah was 20 years old, the word of the Lord came to, to Jeremiah. And it's the word of the Lord that starts this revival. It's the word of the Lord that starts calling people. It's the word of the Lord that changes us from what one purpose of our life is to what another purpose of our life may be. It's not our own things. It's not our own words. It's not our own uh, plans. It's always the word of the Lord. And as McGee says, the, the man of God usually never thinks he can do it. And that's the man God always tends to use in the scriptures. It's the man that never thinks that he can do it. So, as McGee points out again, the Word of God is what can do it, not what we think. So in verse 5, he says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. So God is telling him that, first of all, it's through the Word of God and God is saying to Jeremiah, I knew you before you were born. I consecrated you and I appointed you a prophet to the nations. So God has uh, consecrated Jeremiah even before he was born. And of course, even before he was born, Jeremiah was valued. He was loved. And again, God's plan for Jeremiah occurs before he was even born. That's God acknowledges life before it's even born. So that is something that we have to understand that God uses people. God has plans for people before they are even born. And then in verse 6, I said, Ah, God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I'm only a youth. Now this is Jeremiah saying, Hey, look, I'm just really young. I'm only 20 years old. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I'm only a youth, for to all, but for to all to, to whom I send, you shall go, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. God says to Jeremiah, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter whether you think you know what to do or not. It's to do what I command you. It's to do what I tell you to do. It's not to be afraid of people because I'm with you. Your situation is not dictated by what you think or what you see. Your, dictate, your situation is dictated by my presence with you. That's what marks what you need to understand. That's what tells you what you need to look at. Verse 9, 
or verse 8, Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you. I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Verse 9, Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. Again, it starts off with the word of God. His words in your mouth, not your words. It's all about his words, his commands, going where he wants you to go, saying what he wants you to say, approaching people that he wants you to do. And remember, the prophet Isaiah said, my word will never return void. In other words, the word of God does what God wants us to do to those that God wants to hear it. To, to act in a way that God wants them to act for His purposes in His plans. Now, some will reject His Word, but that's according to His plan. And some will respond to His Word and change their lives. That's according to His plan. But it's God's words in our mouth. If the Word of God is in you, it's got to be in you. Because God put it there. So if you want the Word of God in you, look at the Word of God. Verse 10, See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, and to build and to plant. God is telling Jeremiah that he's giving him this authority. And what he says is going gonna, is gonna to have effect on national policy. It's going to have effect on world events. It's going to have effect on the rise and fall of kingdoms and nations. This is telling Jeremiah and us too reading this today. God is sovereign over nations. God is active in his interactions with nations. He's not just sitting back watching the nations rise and fall. He is affecting the nations according to His purposes and His plans, just like He is affecting each one of us according to His purposes and His plans. And nations don't rise and fall according to their own plans and purposes and power. They are rising and falling according to God's purposes and plans. So when you look out and you see world affairs today, it's not men just doing what they want to do. It's men rising and falling as nations according to God's purposes and plans. Don't think a nation is great on its own. They're only great because God wants them to be great. And don't think nations are lowly because they are lowly. They're lowly because God wants them to be lowly. Verse 11, And the word of God came to me, saying, and again it starts with the word of God, all things start with the Word of God. Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see an almond branch. Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am watching over my Word to perform it. And it starts with the Word of God. The Word of God comes to Jeremiah, and he sees this almond branch. This almond branch is like a warning. And this, it's, it's, this almond branch is the first thing to bloom in the spring. It tells people that the time, the time is changing. The season is changing. And he's sort of having a play on words here. He's sort of comparing the Word of God 
to this almond branch. The people are going to be recognizing this word of God to show them and tell them that the season is changing. The times are changing. And this is the coming of something. The history of the of Israel, the nation, is going to be changing because the word of God is getting ready to be performed. In other words, all the prophecy of Isaiah and the previous minor prophets, all of those prophets are getting ready to be fulfilled. The word of God is getting ready to happen. So he wants the people to to understand that the season is changing so they can recognize that this is the fulfillment of the earlier word of God. The word of God came to me a second time. This is again the word of God saying, what do you see? And I said, I see a boiling pot facing away from the north. Then the Lord said to me, out of the north disaster shall be let loose upon all the inhabitants of the land. For behold, I'm calling on I'm calling all the tribes of the kingdoms of the north, declares the Lord, and they shall come, and everyone shall set his throne at the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem. What's he saying? He's calling on a boiling pot. This is the boiling pot. This is Babylon. This is a nation who's going to come in and pour boiling water all over the nation. It's going to scald him. It's going to be disaster. It's going to be just as fierce as if a boiling pot is poured all over the nation, scalding this nation to clean, to disinfect, to clean out the germs. And this is what you do with a boiling pot. You use it to wash and scald out clothes. This is what's going to happen out of the north. It's going to be a boiling pot. It's going to be a disaster. It's going to be something that's let loose. God's not going to protect the nation anymore. Upon all the inhabitants of the land, for behold, I'm calling the tribes of the kingdoms of the north. And they shall come, and every everyone shall set his throne at the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem. The, 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 the Jerusalem itself shall finally fall against all all its walls and around and against all the cities of Judah. The southern kingdom of Judah, which up until this point has been protected, is going to fall. And I will declare my judgments against them for all their evil in forsaking me. They have made offerings to other gods and worship the works of their own hands. But you dress yourself for work. Arise and say to them everything that I command you. Do not be dismayed by them, lest I dismay you before them. He's saying, gird up your loins, dress yourself for work. Arise and say to them everything that I command you. He's telling them, don't say what you think they want to hear. Don't say what you think would make you popular and then give them the good stuff. Tell them what I said to tell you from the very beginning. Don't sugarcoat it. Tell them what I said, not what you think, but tell them what I command you to think. And that's sometimes we trip ourselves up today. We want to do God's work and God's word 
You've got to give out God's Word. That's the work of God. God is not telling you to do what you think to do what's right. God says, encourage with my Word. Instruct with my Word. Teach with my Word. If the Word, is God, if the word of God is in you, let the Word of God come out of you. Else, your own words are coming out of you. And behold, and I behold, I make you this day a fortified city, an iron pillar, and bronze walls. He's going to say, he's telling Jeremiah, I'm going to make you the fortified city, not Jerusalem. I'm going to make you a pillar with bronze walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. Okay, so God is shifting his protection of the city of Jerusalem. He's shifting it to Jeremiah. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. For I am with you, declares the Lord, to deliver you. God is telling Jeremiah that he's still active. He hasn't abandoned the nation completely. But there's going to be a a group, there's going to be, if it's just Jeremiah, there's going to be a group of people through Jeremiah that will last, that will survive. But Jeremiah has to survive. The people will reject Jeremiah, but God will be with him. And the people may reject me and you today, but our success in God's word is not based on um what people think about us or what people think of you. It is based on what God's Word says to do. It's based on God's Word, not our Word. So a very, very encouraging reading of this book, of this powerful life of Jeremiah, a tender-hearted man, but a man very much alone to do what God wants him to do. And his success will not be measured in men's eyes. His success will be measured in God's eyes. So, I hope this was encouraging for you. Um, I'm still podcasting from West Virginia today. So, it's a little bit different for me. But what a wonderful uh, opportunity to go through this Bible study with you. I just wouldn't miss it. So, I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great, and I can't wait uh, for you to uh, share what God is leading you to share this morning. God bless you all, and I'll see you next time. Keep your heart centered on Christ. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Jeremiah chapter 1, beginning at verse 4 all the way to verse 19. So here, Jeremiah is the weeping prophet. So there are two things that characterize Jeremiah, and that is loneliness and weeping. So Jeremiah is a prophet who had a heart of a mother, he had a trembling voice, and he had weeping eyes. And these are the things that mark his ministry. Jeremiah was lonely because he was commanded not to get married, because he was living in a time of corruption and a degenerate age. So Jeremiah was... um, he called to prophetic ministry um, at a time when the uh, 
King Josiah was actually reigning. And this was when he was actually called to prophetic ministry. And there was great revival when King Josiah was reigning. King Josiah was doing right with God and he believed in God. And, you know, there was just a lot of revival that was going on. He was breaking down all the wooden structures and, you know, the statues of Baal that were actually all made and the incense that they were worshipping to all these idols. And King Josiah was breaking all these things down and there was great revival. And it takes the word of God to bring a revival and not a man. And this is what a lot of people tend to think. Like, you know, when there's revival, when people are turning to the Lord, people end up always, you know, there's that thin line. They end up always believing, oh, it's the man who's actually bringing great revival when it's the word of God. And it's the word of God that was actually bringing up the, this particular revival. So verse four goes on to read, then the word of God, then the word of the Lord came to me saying, so it's the word of the Lord that actually came. So it's the word of God that brings up revival. So here we see um, Jeremiah was called to prophetic ministry in chapter 1 um, during the reign of King Josiah. And um, so the word of God came to him. And, you know, from chapter 2 to chapter 20 of Jeremiah, we see prophecies of Judah and Jerusalem prior to Zedekiah, uh, Zedekiah's reign. And um, meaning, you know, there was a great deal of messages that was actually given out that was before the book of Moses was found by Hezekiah, and that was... Jeremiah's father. So it's still messages were still being given out. So verse five goes on to read, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. So here, you know, God knows us even before we're born, even before we're conceived, even before the egg is fertilized, God actually knows us. Uh, we can see this from Psalms 139, which reads, oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my standing up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my mouth, but behold, oh, sorry, there is not a word on my tongue. But behold, O oh Lord, you know it altogether. You have hedged me and you have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. So, you know, God knows us. He actually knows our every thought, our every, you know, waking thoughts. He knows when we're about to stand up. He knows when we're about to, you know, do whatever we're about to do. God knows us. So, you know, there is no such thing as, you know, I'm a mistake. I wasn't supposed to be born. No, you were supposed to be born. There's no such thing as a mistake. With God, there's no such thing as a mistake. God knows even before you're born. So we're all accounted for. God knows the number of hairs that are on our head, uh, that are on our head right now. You know, a child... This is why a child is a child the moment it's conceived. Because God, you know, like, that is life. So abortion is murder unless it's done to save lives. So God actually knows us. So why God was saying this to Jeremiah is he was going to give him a message that was going to be rejected. And this was going to cause, this message was going to cause him to be in prison. And it was going to be a message that's gonna, that was going to break Jeremiah's heart. But he's... He was going to stand for God and um, God wanted to use a man with a tender heart uh, to carry this harsh message because God wanted the people to know, you know, even if they were going to go into captivity, he wanted his people to know that he actually loves them and he wants to save them. So this is why God used a man like Jeremiah. So God tells this to Jeremiah because he wants to encourage him. So Jeremiah was sanctified. Jeremiah was set aside as God's vessel to be used for a holy use. So, you know, a vessel in the 
Old Testament, you know, in the tabernacle. These were vessels that were used for, you know, to give sacrifice to God, even if they were battered up things, you know, pots and pans and whatever they actually used to, 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 to offer sacrifices to God. These were vessels that were set aside and Jeremiah in this particular case was a vessel that was set aside for a particular purpose in life in as much as today we may look at it like you know Jeremiah had no particular convert he didn't convert a single soul because his message was rejected and he was rejected by his own people but to God he was a success because he um did what was intended for him you know by God what God had chosen for him to actually do verse 6 goes on to read then said I Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. In other translations, it says, for I am a child. So, Jeremiah, this was Jeremiah's response. And, you know, at that particular time, he was like 20 years old. So, here, in other translations, it says, I am a child. In other translations, it says, I am a youth or I am a young man. You know, if we read um, Zechariah chapter 2, verse 4, it says, Who said to him, Run, speak to the to this young man, saying, Jerusalem shall be inhabited as towns without walls, without the multitude, because of the multitude of men and livestock in it. So here is, they use the word young man. So here, Jeremiah is saying, Lord, I cannot do that. That's a mammoth task. I can't do that. I'm an ex, and I'm inexperienced. I am young and all. But you know if. We look at the, the different people that God has used. God always tends to use the people who think they cannot do what they can do. And God usually uses the weak in society, the humble. These are the people that God actually chooses. These, he chooses people who are relatable, to, to, who, who can actually relate. Imagine if Christ was born in an affluent family. How was he going to be relatable to the, you know, to the poor out there? To, 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 you know, to all the people who actually needed the message to be heard. So Christ was born in a humble family. He was born in a stable. He was relatable. And these are the people that God chooses. God chooses common folk, you and me. God chooses the sinner. Look at David. David was a sinner, but God still chose him. So, you know, today, me as a sinner, I'm going to look at it like if God chose David, you know, he can choose me. Um, because Christ did not come for the affluent, the rich. And, you know, um, it says, you know, if, if, if I'm healthy today and, you know, I'm, I'm just feeling fine and all. Why should I go to the doctor? So God came for the sinners. God came for everybody. You know, Christ came for the sinners. I mean, he came for everybody. So um, God, you know, in as much as um, Jeremiah was looking at it like, you know, I am young. I cannot do this. But God still said, I have chosen you. And um, verse 7 goes on to read, but the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and whatever I command, you shall speak. So, you know, this is, this is great because God is saying, you give what I command you, and you give with authority. The word of God is, command, is, 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 you know, is a commandment, and we ought to give it as, as, you know, as it is, with authority. So today we have a lot of liberals who want to water down God's word and, you know, who want to give out what they think because they don't want to step on people's toes and, you know, they don't want to offend anybody because today we have a lot of like liberal minority groups. Oh, this minority group, you know, they don't want to be offended if you say this and that and all. And, you know, a lot of preachers tend to water down the, the word of God today, which is not supposed to be the case, which is just sad. We're supposed to give the word of God as commanded, as scripture commands, because this you know, this is God's inspired words. We're not supposed to give out the word of God as we think it. 
Verse 8 goes on to read, Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. So God says, go out and give the word and it won't return void. God's word does not return void. So don't be afraid of their faces. So today, this is needed. This is needed among us. This is needed in the churches. This is needed on the pulpits. When people stand up there, when our preachers stand up there, we need to speak the word of God with authority. What God has written down and not fear man because it's the word of God. Um, the Bible may have been written by man, but it's in, an inspired word of God. You know, Dr. Jeevy McGee pointed out, you know, a good quotation from Martin Luther King, which says, one with God is the majority. So, you know, if I stand with God today, who can be against me? You know, the world, man may be against me today, but if I am right with God, I am right with God because God has commanded and I'm doing what's right. If I speak out the truth with authority according to God's word and it tends to offend somebody, at least I know it may have such the nerve and the person will go back home and contemplate on what they are doing and if what they are doing is wrong, it's wrong. So verse 9 goes on to read, Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. You know, Jeremiah was going around saying, I'm inexperienced, I'm young, what am I going to say? And God said, you know, here, I am touching your mouth and you're going to say, you, you're going to speak my word. So God has inspired the words of scripture today and not thoughts or ideas. You know, today let us put up the word of God as it is. Let us not water down the word of God and put in our own ideas and our own thoughts and our own philosophies. We do a small crash course today in theology and we think, oh, hey, I can put up the word of God and put in my own ideas and my own thoughts and my own examples and we water down the word of God. Now, so verse 10 goes on to read, See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdom to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down to build and to plant so you know in the previous study we had looked at you know all the kings that had actually come to reign um after king josiah died so we have um joachim we have joachim we have uh zedekiah you know they put up government projects obviously during their reign and these programs you know included you know programs on ecology you know programs about the poor you know how they're going to actually improve on um the slums and you know improving the economy generally and, you know, out of all these programs, you know, 300 years later, we are not able to actually spot out anything that these people did. And, you know, they did nothing that was good or, um, you know, but at that particular time, you know, what they were doing, everyone thought was good. And it was popular back then. And, you know, you know, all these people put up all these programs and all. And Jeremiah, on the other hand, was just ignored. He was just insignificant and all. But today we are reading about Jeremiah, the words of God. And these are the things that are going to survive, you know, a thousand years from now. The, the word of God is actually going to survive. So today we are living in times where God is actually sidelined. God is put aside and, you know, he's not heard. You know, our schools today, in our societies today, everybody's putting God, shelving God, putting him inside. But, you know, the word of God, um, God is speaking and the word of God will survive. You know, this it was written how many years ago and it's still surviving. You know, Jeremiah was, you know, just this meek, humble, tender-hearted person who actually spoke these words. He wasn't a ruler. He didn't sit on the throne and all, but we're reading about him today. We're not reading about the Joachims and the Joachins and the Zedekiahs. No, we're reading the word. You know, we're reading about Jeremiah today. Verse 11 goes on to read, um, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, 
what do you see? And I said, I see a branch um, or a rod of an uh, almond tree. So, you know, these are the things that uh, called him to the prophetic office. Like these are the visions that God actually gave him and God gave him two examples. So the first example is a rod or an almond tree. So an almond tree was known as a waker or a watcher. And it's the first, um, you know, it's the first one to actually bloom, sorry, in spring. And the tree uh, that came out of a long winter. So Jeremiah was to be a waker. He was to be an alarm clock. You know, today no one really wants an alarm clock. I don't even, you know, when I set my alarm in the morning, like, oh, like I just want to smash my phone when the alarm goes off because, you know, I don't want to be woken up. And Jeremiah was to be this alarm clock and people rejected him because no one wants to be woken up. He was to be this alarm clock and that was going to go around and tell people, you know, this is what's going to happen. You know, change and get saved and this is what's going to happen. You know, there is doom looming. It is actually coming. And Jeremiah was to be this alarm clock. Verse 12 goes on to read, then the Lord said to me, Sorry, let me just read that. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. So God said he will give him the word to wake them up. So God anointed Jeremiah's, touched Jeremiah's lips and said, you know what? I have given you the word. What are you going to say? In as much as you're inexperienced and all, but you are my vessel. Because he was chosen. Verse 13 goes on to read. And the word of the Lord came to me the second time saying, what do you see? And I said, um, I see a boiling pot and it is facing away from the north. So here, he sees a seething or a boiling pot facing away from the north. So Egypt is a boiling pot and, you know, Egypt and Assyria were no longer a danger to the southern kingdom of Judah. You know, and, you know, there was the rising power of Babylon that was actually rising. It was facing away from the north. So Babylon was rising. And, um, it was rising and, um, it was that, that was going to actually destroy the nation. And Jeremiah was constantly to warn them of what would happen to the nation. <clears throat> so verse 15 goes on to read, behold, for behold, I am calling all the families of the kingdoms of the North says the Lord, they shall come and each one set his throne at the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem against all its walls all around and against all the cities of Judah. So here, you know, God a century later, you know, a century, sorry, you know, God a century before had actually delivered Jerusalem. And, um, you know, now all the false prophets were, were going around saying, God's going to do it again. You know, don't listen to Jeremiah. God's going to save us again. And, you know, this is what they were going around saying. And the prophets of the past, you know, at that time, they were all gone. You know, you have Hosea, uh, Hosea Micah, Joel, Amos, uh, Nahum. They were all gone. Um, and they were all contemporary with Isaiah. And, you know, they were all gone. And Jeremiah stands alone, um, you know, because, you know, there were other prophets who were actually going to prophesy, like Zephaniah, he was going to prophesy, you know, after the captivity in Babylon, and Daniel was going to, you know, prophesy later. But Jeremiah, at that particular point, was standing alone. And there was so many other false prophets going around. And, you know, his word was just rejected, because Jeremiah was standing alone, and everyone was thinking, oh, hey, what is he talking about? Is he crazy or what? Uh, but, um, you know, that was the situation that he actually found himself in. So... Uh, verse 
16 goes on to read, I will utter my judgments against them concerning all their wickedness because they have forsaken me, burned incense of other gods and worshipped the works of their own hands. So God here is saying, I am going to judge these people because they have forsaken me and, you know, they're living by their own understanding. Um, verse 17 goes on to read, Therefore prepare yourself and arise and speak to them all that I command you. Do not be dismayed before their faces, lest I dismay you before them. So God say, is, is encouraging Jeremiah, go out there and speak to them. Don't be afraid. I am on your side. Uh, verse 18 goes on to read, For behold, I have made you this day a fortified city and an iron pillar and bronze walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, against the prince, its princes and its priests, and against the people of the land. So, um, verse 19, this was, a, you know, the reaction to, 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 to this, you know, there is, there was going to be, you know, the reaction to Jeremiah's message, you know, there was resistance and they won't listen to you, but go ahead. God says, you know, go ahead, keep on sounding the alarm. They're not going to listen to you. Verse 19 reads, they will fight against you, but they will not prevail against you for I am with you, says the Lord to deliver you. So here God was encouraging Jeremiah to go ahead, give out the message. Inasmuch as it breaks your heart, it's a harsh message. Go out and give the message. And this should be our business today. We should stand for the Lord and give out that God's word, you know, with authority. Let's not water down the gospel. Let us not water down God's word. Let us give the word of God with authority as it is because it is commanded here. You know, as God commanded um, Jeremiah to give out the word with authority and to give it out as it is, inasmuch as it was harsh and it broke his heart, but God commanded him to give it out as it is and not to water it down. Let us do that today. Let us make it our business as Christians today to give out the word of God as it is. Let us make a stand for God today. Let us not be afraid to step on people's toes. Let us not be afraid of their faces. Let us not be afraid to step on people's toes. Remember, you know, Martin Luther King said, one with God is the majority. You know, God is with us and his word does not go, does not return void. So yeah, this is today's teaching. Thank you all for listening in. God bless and bye-bye.